Welcome to the Science and the City podcast, your gateway to the New York Academy of Sciences. I'm David Hoffman, your host for a special episode co-sponsored by the Sackler Institute for Nutrition Science. On Saturday, March the 10th, 2012, the New York Academy of Sciences was taken over by a robot invasion. Here's Megan Groom, Director of Science in the City and K-12 Education at the Academy. Today we are having mass organized chaos here at the Academy with our second annual First Lego League robotics scrimmage. So we have 17 teams here today from all over New York City. The kids are between fourth and eighth grade and all the teams compete as if they were sort of sports teams. But it's not sports. This is a couple hundred middle schoolers all locked in a fierce competition to demonstrate their engineering prowess and creativity by running obstacle courses with fully functioning robots they've designed and built out of Legos. He can dance, so this is his hand. He can clap, one, two. He can roll, this is his brakes. When he touches something, he stops, turn around, go back. This is his sensor, so if you see anything black, white, or any other color, he can sense it and bring it to his brain. Here's Stephanie Wartell, the Academy's Education Coordinator. It's a great opportunity to bring a, a huge group of really enthusiastic middle school kids together with scientists as judges, at, with excited parents and coaches that have been working really hard to see them flourish and attain a goal in a group. And I think especially for young people that are considering jobs they might have one day in engineering or science, to be able to see that a lot of it's collaborative. It's not trying to get the highest grade in the class. You move forward the farthest when you work together as a team. And I think that's one of the best things about a robotics t- day like today is they're coming to compete as teams and they're working together. We had to separate groups for controllers and the bi- programmers and builders. Me and some other people, Ariane and Timothy, had to figure out the parts and how the, how they have to be the same parts. And we had how to do addition. We had to do division, addition, division, subtraction. And then we had to learn a lot about the commands, rotation, and stuff. Like how many seconds is going to, like, timing and how to line. We had practice lining the robot up good. First Lego League is a nationwide program, with winning teams from regional matches moving up through a bracket system to a national championship. Many of the schools participating in the Academy's STEM mentoring program wanted to do Lego League, but they have after-school programs with calendars that don't sync up with the national program. Or some of them just need a little more practice before they're ready to compete on that level. We wanted to create a scrimmage where even our youngest teams and our least experienced teams could come and have a really good time. So we do the first LEGO League Food Factor Challenge and the Research Project, but we also designed two separate robotics games. One's called the Robot Runway, Um, which is exactly what it sounds like. The robot needs to go down eight-foot-long runway, turn around, and come back. That may sound simple, but getting a robot built out of plastic blocks to drive in a perfectly straight line, stop on a dime after exactly eight feet, execute a perfect 180-degree pirouette, and then drive back exactly the way it came is tricky business. The second new event, the Skills Challenge, is even harder. To explain it, here's Peter Sharp, one of the day's many volunteer referees. Four skills, two minutes. you got to go from one end of the table to the other, hit the wall, and then come back to the starting line. Starting from the starting line, the second time you have to follow a black line in an L, and then 
come back to the starting line. And then the third time, you have to go to the far end of the table, pick up a ball, hold it for five seconds, and then do a dance. Shake around, spin around for three seconds. And the team complete all four of those tasks, the quickest wins. 39 seconds. And then there's the main event, the Food Factor Challenge. That's competed on carefully laid out playing fields in the main auditorium and features robots competing in as many of 15 complicated challenges as they can in each of three two and a half minute rounds. Each round requires the robots to perform dozens of pre-programmed moves, such as picking things up and placing them in a separate part of the field, sorting objects by size and color. It looks like fun and games, but these are actually simulations of ways robots might be used to solve real-world problems. In this case, problems in food contamination, along each step of the chain from farm to market. Guiding the yellow truck into its base? That's actually delivering fresh produce to a region that previously had no access to it. Herding the blue balls into another part of the field? That's cleaning up dangerous water pollution before it can contaminate a local farm. Two of the young roboticists from the Chapin School were nice enough to let me sit in while they made last-minute adjustments to their robot before its turn to compete. So it goes and it catches these fish and leaves the one and it knocks the ball in the process when it turns. Wow. So we have to capture the three big one and leave the small one where it is. Ah. Well done. Thanks. In addition to running their robots through these challenges, each team had to research a real-world problem and propose an innovative solution to a panel of scientists and business people. Paul Walker, a board member at the Academy, was one of this year's judges. The kids have to find a problem in the food delivery system and then uh, come up with a solution to that that's original that they've also shared with their community and talked about with their school and with their peers. A team of enterprising Girl Scouts from Long Island showed me their demonstration model as they put on the finishing touches. What's the name of your team? Lego Chicks. All right, and what are you doing? What are you doing right now? I don't uh, want to interrupt you, but... We're setting up our project. Yeah. We're making the model that we use. It's like a greenhouse in your backyard, but it's on wheels. So it's not going to be in a truck bed. It's going to be the truck bed. Like, it's going to be glass. So the light gets in, but, like, no contaminants reach the food. With solar panels on it to provide, like, warmth to the plants. And there's an irrigation system, which will be on a timer and will water the plants. Here's PS399 team member Maximus presenting their working scale model, made of Legos of course, of a machine to find and isolate oysters contaminated with the Vibrio vulnificus bacteria before they ship to market. As a contaminated oyster passes under the robotic eye, it will be stopped and pushed by the robotic arm into the PHP bin, otherwise known as the post-harvest processing bin. Now the non-contaminated oysters are the edible oysters will pass safely into the bin, then the oysters will be packaged and shipped to restaurants all over the world. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the auditorium, the competition in the robot challenges was really heating up. So we're using the robot to do some complete some missions and we had to cheer so we can help them get the enthusiastic so they can do better. We're going to do another match after that and we're still going to be cheering. 
and then if we win or if we lose, we're still gonna go celebrate. Putting on their next attachment to attempt putting back the baby fish on its mom bacteria. Um, I think what they're doing, um, the, the New York Academy of Science is awesome. They're giving an opportunity to uh, underrepresented kids to expose them to what science can offer them. This should be expanded. I hope to expand this program. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to cheer on the Chapin bots and my daughter Jasmine. And I am just so thrilled to be here. I think the whole event is fantastic, encouraging creativity in the sphere of science. It's just a great day, a great event. Yeah, I'm supporting my niece. My niece is here, Naja. She's on the uh, Bronx Task Force team. I mean, just the creativity of it. I, you know, when I was a kid, I never, they didn't have all this stuff, so I thought that was kind of nice. It was a fantastic day and the culmination of a year of hard work for the teams involved. And can we get the coach from Harlan Children's Zone's Promise Academy? But the importance of programs like this go way beyond one day or one year. So if we don't have, um, you know, uh, scientists, but also just scientifically literate citizens over the next 20 years, we're going to be economically disadvantaged, we're going to be uh, educationally disadvantaged, and we just need to build enthusiasm about rigorous thinking and hopefully turn that into people who have scientific careers, but also just turn it into, a, I think, an electorate and citizenry that thinks that the world works systematically and they could evaluate it using the tools that they've learned. And so this is just the first step towards people doing that and building the enthusiasm about science and scientific thinking is really an important mission for all of us. That enthusiasm for science is growing exponentially as the kids who participate are starting to turn around and mentor even younger kids in science and engineering. Here are some members of the Bronx Task Force explaining. There's a littler team, a younger robotics team called the Domingues. They're like six and seven. One of our the Mindy's. I'm on the I'm on the Mindy's. The Mindy's are the small um the small group of robotics. We do the same thing, just um but like the small kids and um I'm the captain and um and we do like robotic stuff and we have our own topic. We this year to cheer um them on and um we have like our our part of the robotics and we just wanted to show it with them. Oh, that's cool. And so are you going to be doing this in a couple of years? Yeah. When you come and do this, are you going to win? Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Science and the City podcast. I've been your host, David Hoffman. The Robotics Scrimmage is a program of the New York Academy of Sciences K-12 education program, which is supported by funders including Infosys USA Foundation, Goldman Sachs Gives, the Hearst Foundation, the New York Community Trust, the Fordham Street Foundation, and the Summer Matters Consortium. The scrimmage was co-sponsored by the Sackler Institute for Nutrition Science, which co-produced this podcast along with Science in the City. Both are not-for-profit programs of the New York Academy of Sciences. Visit us on the web at www.nyas.org slash science education, nyas.org slash nutrition, and scienceandthecity.org. Also, We'd love to hear your thoughts about this podcast or any other Science in the City program by email to scienceinthecity at nyas.org.